Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Black Girl Brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. And thank you all so much for tuning in. We are so excited. Um, y'all know we're excited every week, uh, but we're especially excited this week because we have like a real life friend and a friend of the show <laughs> on the pod today. Yes. Things are about to get very, very epic. I feel like this has this probably should have happened like four years ago, but for some reason, you know, it just didn't. But I'm so excited that we have one of our most amazing friends, one of the most creative, one of the most coolest people we know, Sean, who is an amazing photographer, aka my damn Insta on the gram. Let's hey, go. Sean, how you doing? Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, the quietest bitch in the room is finally here. <laughs> Finally made it. Yeah. The quietest bitch in the room until you get Sean alone. Yes. I love it. I'm actually not really quiet anymore, but you know. What'd you say? I said I'm actually not that quiet anymore, but you know, here we are. I know. We love that for you. We love that for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. Please let the people know who you are. Um, well, I'm Sean. <laughs> I do a multitude of things, but primarily photography is like my main focus or the vehicle of choice. Um, yeah, that's kind of who I am. <laughs> kind of who I am, what I do, where I'm at, you know. Love that for you, y'all. Please go check out Sean's um, photography. He's captured me so many times. Honestly, most of my best pictures are captured by Sean. And he also but, has taken, like, you know, that joint shoot that Sabri and I've done. If you like a, you know, OG bruncher, you've seen us, you know, like doing our little Fenty, like heads intertwined shoot that was also captured by Sean. So definitely check him out. My favorite people to shoot. It's always fun. Yes, yes. And Sabria, I think you got the next question. The next question. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> what are four of your biggest influences? Four of my biggest influences are yes. so in no specific order. No order. No specific just, order. Just, no specific just order. Um, okay, so. My grandmother slash my father, haha, <laughs> loophole double. Um, but my, <laughs> my grandmother slash my father, because they've always encouraged me to be me. You know, they've never tried to dim that or stop that in any way. Like, my grandmother to this day, like, if she see me now, like, she's added things along to it along the way. But when she see me now, especially if she like my outfit, she's always just like, you got your own style, kid, right? So she always says that. And that, that definitely helped me in a lot of ways growing up and, like, just building my confidence and just like doing whatever the fuck I want and wearing mm. whatever the fuck I want. Um, who else? Uh, Andre 3000. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been somebody who's helped me understand that I can play with both masculinity and femininity, femininity and not subscribe to anything that I don't really want to really, you know, like, I mean, how many niggas did you see growing up walking through a mob of niggas in a blonde wig? <laughs> like, yes. So good. Um, and then there's the launch. Obvious reasons, right? Like, yeah. even my Instagram name, My Damn Insta, was inspired by her blog she had a few years ago called My Damn Blog. Like, love her. Um, and then, you know, there's the problematic fave. Mm. 
dear. There's the problematic phase, you know, Mr. West. You I know. knew he's gonna say that. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, well, like wow, I can't, I can't. You know, sometimes you gotta call the thing a thing, and that he definitely was one of my biggest influences growing up, and who I kind of looked up to. It's sad that in today's world. <laughs> that's not really the thing anymore. You we know, it's very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Yeah. So disappointing. Yeah. Those are my favorite four. That was four, right? My dad, my grandma, yeah. Solange. Yeah, it was four. Oh, I Absolutely. love that. Love that so much. Especially the Andre for 3000. I feel like those fingerprints uh, are all over you and just like they're super, <laughs> like, I feel like there's so many people that experiment, but very few people experiment in ways that are as cool and off the wall as like you and Andre. I'm about to call him Andre, but I'm like, <laughs> that's not my friend. But Andre thinks. <laughs> um, so like we know that. <laughs> what'd you say? I like to call them stacks. Oh, or, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like Andre Benjamin, like if you really want to be like fancy. Yeah. Um, so we know that you capture really, really beautiful things mm-hmm. um, in your own way. What does beauty mean to you? Uh, so interesting question, because when I was thinking about that, I don't know if beauty means anything specific to me, you know, only because I feel like beauty is... In anything, it just depends on what you're looking at the day, the mood, the time, the place, you know. Um, yeah, it, there's no specific meaning behind it for me because, again, I just feel like it can be anything. Yeah, I, that's definitely true. It's definitely true. I've definitely walked past like a leaf or two and, like, oh, damn, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I feel like beauty definitely becomes like. Uh, essence as you get older like you might start off thinking like beauty is just like oh like you look like a princess or your (laughs) face is super symmetrical but then you start noticing like oh no beauty is like not to sound too deep but like freedom like when you see things like a leaf that feel like just like 100% like free and not constrained you know what I mean but yeah hearing a child laugh yes yes there's so many things that can be considered beautiful and I think I got to this point just from like doing the work and I'm trying to unlearn and teach myself new things and get away from all the bullshit that we were taught and then you start to find new things that you once didn't see as beautiful and now you really do kind of see the beauty in it you know so yeah. just kind of like beauty could it, it could be anything yeah, I love that very true um so continuing speaking about your art um, when it comes to your art, what are some things you aren't willing to compromise? Okay, so boom. I ain't <laughs> compromising on my vision and I ain't compromising on my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are just two of the main key things for me, right, that I've just learned over time and just throughout even just like this process or this chapter of my life in general that I am in. I think those have been like the two key components that I have truly realized that like I just cannot compromise on that right like I can't compromise on my vision like I may I'm open to adding to and you know things in that nature but I'm not about to compromise what my vision is and just like I'm not about to play with my time I can't get that back Mm -hmm. I can't you know what I mean I can't I can't compromise that you know what I mean yeah and when you talk about your vision it's like I feel like people say that so much that folks don't really understand why it's like a no-no. It's like, 
most of us have spent so much time doing what we're told. Mm-hmm. And when you are a dreamer, when you are an artist, it's like your soul just wants to do this one thing. So when yeah. you get to be the one that's like leading the charge and directing and executing, it, it feels like in order for me to stay alive, I need to see this thing through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I need to see this thing through. Like I need, I need this to be what I envisioned. Thanks. Otherwise, this will now be just like everything else. And again, going back to that freedom piece, like you have taken away this thing from me. It's like you become like you ever put a treat in front of a dog and they start like <laughs> jumping at you. It, that's how I, I feel about my vision. Like get away. Like Thanks. you know, I will show my teeth. Like that make you show yeah, your teeth. Something that is, is very sacred. <laughs> to me and something that um, I have to stand, I have to stand firm in, you know? Yeah, That's something that I, I literally agree. have to stand firm in. Because there's definitely been times where I've compromised it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sitting here saying it as if I, I don't do that or I haven't done it. Again, this is all through trial and error and learning that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's really not worth it. You know, like if I if I want something a specific way, if I see things in a specific way, like that's the way that it needs to be because that's also the way that my brain processes, you know, because when it's not like I, I get easily bored and lose interest. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like, and it's, it also feels like um, a disappointment to myself at the end of the day. And that yeah. that, that is what I can't live with. And I'm not going to put myself through that for what? Yeah, and it's I don't like have to compromise on my ship. Exactly. And it's like, what did you bring me here for? If you want me to compromise my vision, like what did you bring Thanks. me here to the set, et cetera, for? And like me personally, I learned that early on. Um, when I was applying to art school. I remember I don't know if you might remember this, but I remember I know um, exactly what you about me to say. and my English teacher who I adore were going head to head about my story that I was writing to get into the film program for school. He was like, don't write that. You should write this or whatever like that. And I was like 17, 18 years old. And I told him, no, this is mm-hmm. my story. This is what I'm going to write. This is what I'm going to submit. And he was like, all right. Like, it's not, I mean, I know you could do better. I know you could do this, then the third. I wrote what I wanted to write, and all I wanted his help with was grammar. And he helped me with that. He stopped giving me critiques on it, and I got into the school because I wrote what I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely had experiences like that as well. Like, I, I randomly fell into freelance writing at one point in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, working for this publication, one of the editors used to always say, like, Things in, in the name of like dumbing it down, like you wanted me to dumb things down. And I hated that because it made me mm. feel so stifled, you know, and it's like you came to me looking for me and asked me to do this. Yeah. I didn't come looking for you, you know, so let me be me if that's what you want. And I, listen, again, I'm all for critiques, edit, help, all of that shit. But when you start saying stuff like dumb it down, that's where I got to disconnect. That is also exactly. what inspired me to want to have and create my own shit you know so i didn't have to worry about being told to dumb it down because mm-hmm. yeah. i ain't gonna do that we ain't doing it's that. like she it's capitalism it's no it's it's capitalism at its finest because i feel like people want to bring you on when they feel like your ideas will sell but it's when they don't know is when they start trying to say go back to this thing that we know that works and i'm like you know how you know it works because it's been done mm-hmm. yeah that's why we know it works because we it's been done before at what point i just don't understand how people just don't have the pure hunger to create something that has never 
been seen before when that's all that humans really want. Like the most popular things are because they were the first in their class. Like mm-hmm. the same. Star Wars, before Star Wars, there was nothing like Star Wars. Before Planet of the Apes, there was nothing like Planet of the Apes. Before Black Panther, there was nothing like Black Panther. So instead of now trying to be that Black Panther, that star, go be the next mm-hmm. best unknown, untapped thing. And like, I don't believe that there's like this... I don't believe there's like a scarce amount of new ideas. I think there's a scarce amount of people willing to invest in new things because they want what they think they know, know that works. And that's why I think it's important to be relentless about our ideas. Like, Sabri, be relentless about your your writing and be relentless about your photography. Otherwise, like, like people artists won't win the people who aren't artists will win because mm-hmm. just because they have more money and more exactly. power exactly <laughs> and also there yes. is a need for especially us as like black people black artists there is a need for it like people yeah. are searching for that inspiration people want to you know like ha- like look up to like for instance like you were saying i looked up to kanye west too when i was younger because he was like the only at the time like black guy who like dressed like he was um it was like a gimmick and that was exciting to me because I'm like oh my god it's mm. so different and so this and the third so like it's a need for more people you know to just be the face of this the face of that blah 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 like there's always a need for it so I feel like it's definitely no reason to even compromise it's just the I feel like right now especially the time that we live in the more that you are fierce and being like I'm not compromising. I'm standing on this. The more people will be like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's, there's multiple things that happen within that, right? Like, there's, like, this popularity t- contest happening. Huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that. that's what it is. It's that. It is also the fact that <clears throat> everybody's trying to be the next thing, right? Like if you're if you're a basketball player, you're trying to be the next Michael Jordan or the next LeBron James, but nobody's trying to be who they actually are. Like who's trying to be the next I, I'll use myself for an example, who's trying to be the next Sean. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. you know, people aren't really looking at it um from that perspective. And also people don't like doing the work. I'm sorry. It just is what it is. Like we're 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 in this microwave era of life where people just want things handed to them and want to take the easier way. And I think to the point that we're making, a lot of people are truly just afraid of being them and just standing in in that because they see that everybody else is succeeding within this formula, right? They're they're following these metrics and on the surface or on the outside to Mm -hmm. us, it, it appears that they're winning in life in some ways, right? Because we don't know the backside of what's actually happening, what they're actually going to. We just see what they want us to see. So it looks like they're winning. So everybody's chasing after that same formula because they think that that's what's going to get them to win. It's like what a lot of these artists are talking about now, how these labels are coming at them and being like, no, you need to pop on TikTok. You got to get on TikTok. You got to blow up on TikTok and like... Why are y'all pushing it? You know what I mean? Just because that's a formula that may have worked for a few people or, you know, mean, whatever. That don't mean it's not going to work for everybody. And mm-hmm. also, it only works when it's authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. You like, know? literally, they got songs like Tony, Tony, Tony now. It's like that song, when they created that song, it's, it's our anniversary, whatever, in the 80s, 90s. You think they created it for TikTok? No. They, did. <laughs> they just created the song. And, like, sometimes you just got to let shit happen. You just got to let you it really happen. Do. But I also think that people get stuck in trying to be the first and the this, you know? Like, and sometimes you just kind of got to let 
exist. Just exist. Yeah. Lean into you. Just exist. Lean into you. I feel like a lot of people can't lean into themselves because they actually don't believe in themselves, which again, we hate to keep mentioning Kanye West, but like people like him, like that's what he had and that's what I'm if if I can pull anything from how he yeah. has been, it's it was that. that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that confidence and that sense of self worth. And I feel like people don't want to lean into themselves and create a new lane because they don't think that they have anything to offer, which I mm-hmm. just don't agree. I feel like if everyone knew how to lean into themselves, we could have so much like range and like talent. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, everybody's just like, why lean into me when I could just be like Lotto? Where I could be like, you know, yeah. this fashion over model or something. Like, like, you know, like a lot of a lot of people are like <clears throat> afraid of being judged in some way. Cause think about it, like if you don't got a real good circle around you, mm-hmm. you know, people will talk you out of a lot of things just based mm-hmm. off of their own fears and their own projections that they cast onto you. And now, you know, you're living up to whatever they believe you should be or whatever the case may be, when you really just don't have to do any of that. At all, just be you. It's true. Love this, love this so much. Um, This brings us to our next question. Since we're just talking about working, what is your dream collab? My dream collab would be dead or alive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's go there. Let's do it. Oh, okay. That just opened up the gates. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, if that's the case, then I would love to collab with Basquiat. I mean, I knew he was gonna say that. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, like, I, I, I really would, and even if I couldn't collab, just to be in a room and just watch him work and just observe, and I would love that. Um, and then Solange, I really would love to work with Solange. I think she is a person who knows her vision and stays true to her vision, no matter what. I mean. Again, reasons why I love her. Beyonce is her older fucking sister. You know what I mean? And she still stays to what she believes and wants to do without trying to be like her or mm-hmm. falling into any of the comparisons that people throw at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And also Rihanna, but, you know, I don't know if that's another loophole, but Rihanna, <laughs> obviously, she's a bad bitch. Like, I love, Rihanna's a blank canvas, so Rihanna's like a given, because you can literally do whatever, like, she's down for the shits, and I love that. Yep, so, she really is. Visionary. And she gives Visionary. it, yeah. She has a voice, yeah. and she's not afraid to use it. I love that. Yes, me too. And she goes... And I think that that's another reason why we're all part of the Navy. And of course, we're part of like, what do we call Solange fans? The solos? Um, (laughs) We're all soloists. Um, We're all soloists. (laughs) We're all part of the Navy because like, those are women who are like, oh, it's untapped. I'm going to give you something that you can't even imagine. Like, that's what they both do. So I feel like it makes sense that, that those would be your dream collabs and like, Manifesting that that absolutely happens just because oh, well, I want to. Yep, oh, that's I what I'm it. saying. <laughs> that's we already know that. Oh, we already know that. It, it was written. Her. You know, <laughs> I just got to get to that page. It was written. Yep. Get to that page. I definitely Y'all see it. Y'all heard it here first. I definitely see it. Yeah. And that's why I'm excited for Drop this interview. <laughs> I feel like this interview is going to be in 10 years what it might have been when, like, I don't know if y'all knew this, but, like, Sydney Portier, like, and, like, Cicely Tyson and, like, Maya Angelou, they used to hang out, like, before all their careers took off. And that's why I feel like this is that. So we oh, got, we got them us. first. <laughs> I, I love that for us. Me too. That makes me happy. 
so the next question is um this is exciting um question to me um because i always wonder this about you um so <laughs> we know that you're into fashion what was the first runway show you watched oh. and how did that shape you uh okay so i i don't know the first <laughs> runway show that i watched what i can say is i remember I guess the first show that I could remember that made me feel something, um, mm-hmm. which would have been Alexander McQueen's, I think it was his debut collection, uh, Taxi Driver, where he premiered like the Bumpster Pants and showed the Yes, crack. yes. Um, yeah, that would have had to been the first one for me that I could definitely remember. Uh, that actually inspired me to go to fashion school. He made me want to be a designer. I literally went to school because of that man and the work that he did. Mm-hmm. He was truly, truly a visionary. He yes. was twisted. He was so many things and he made clothes just feel so different from what everybody else yes. was doing. And you know, exciting. he created a fantasy and a world and a land and like he kind of like just brought us into it and just manipulated fabrics and textiles in such a way that I hadn't seen, you know, and it was also very dark, you know. I like, I like that dark shit. It was, it was, <laughs> you know, it was weird. He was weird. I didn't quite understand it. You didn't quite get it, but it like it was intriguing. And then you just watched him kind of progressing to get better, or he started to like kind of expand on thoughts a, a bit more. Just yeah, uh, that that for me. That. Yeah, that's his his stuff is great, and I feel like you can always tell when people are inspired by Alexander McQueen because like something like I noticed for me, like in fashion, is like I'm like oh I love shapes, like that's why like mm-hmm. I love Yoji uh, Yamamoto, um mm-hmm. and I love um oh my god why am I forgetting name another Japanese designer but like I love shapes. And like Rick Owens, so I like shapes and like drapey stuff. So I'm like, and I noticed that you like the way you style your stuff. Like you, I can see that you like shapes too, and like yes, fabric. Like you, you like the fabric to speak for itself, and like I love that. Yeah. I love that. Like I like when- classic, timeless shit. You know, shit exactly. like that. I don't dress for any specific season, so I like, I, it has to be something that can go from one season to another uh, with easy transitions and shit that will last. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, yes, nobody got time to it. keep buying shit, you know? Exactly. I'm also trying to move towards just, like, having a capsule wardrobe, but just, you know, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. so good at it. But yeah, you I was so yeah, good at it. You like, always say this. We always go through this. When I look <laughs> at you, like, that's why I wanted to ask this question. Because like when I look at like how you style yourself, I'm like, this looks like somebody else did it. Like It looks like yeah. somebody styled you. And it's just like, I just love how like... Again, like I said, I'm obsessed with shapes. So I love how like you style shapes and like colors and like I love shoes. So I always look at your shoes and like what you have with an outfit and like what kind of hat you're wearing to go with that. And I'm like, oh my God, I love this. Like this is a styled look. Like this is a well thought out styled look. Like that is so Even- exciting. I get so and excited. The gag is it don't be all the time, child. <laughs> Even when you walk for a walk, I'm you say this every single y'all. time. We show, I'll be showing up for the walks. I'll be wearing like Asics, <laughs> leggings. Showing show up. I'm like, look at this silhouette. Look at these sunglasses. Where'd you get this from? And it's like, it's it's definitely not like it doesn't give like I'm trying. It gives I just got it. Exactly. Like, that's what it gives. Exactly. Like you really just know how to dress. It's okay, Sean. Yeah, it's and really I love okay. it. And like also another thing is like. <laughs> I'm, 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 
I'm going to keep popping. Let's keep moving. Like, you inspired me to get back into, like, fashion and, like, dressing for, like, dressing inspired by like my favorite designers like i know that one sweater i have that you and Darrell are always trying to get from me i mm. love that sweater so much because it reminds me of rick owens piece and that's why i hold this so because i'm like i can't afford rick owens right now and i'm like this is all i have and like i <laughs> when i when i'm gonna you, get that sweater up off you i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just gonna put that out here i told when you, you that was, from the very beginning <laughs> I'm going to get that about you. And it's crazy because I literally work so hard to make it look like that. Um, and so every and time, it's great. thank you. Every time you bring it up, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I, like when you first brought it up, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, yo, this nigga really into fashion. And I remember <laughs> you were like one of the, um, one of the other first people that I knew who like, uh, had Vogue runway, uh, screenshots. Like if you look in my old iPad, it's, all like these screenshots from Vogue Runway. Um, you know, I used gotta to keep abreast. Yes, as soon as the show room. is over, I was like, "Where the pictures at? Where the pictures at?" As okay. soon as the show, I would be up at like, um, I don't know if you ever stayed up for it. You probably did stay up for uh, um, like a Paris uh, Fashion Week show. You mm-hmm. up at like five a.m. You like where them screenshots at? Where them pictures at? That's <laughs> and when I saw you, when I saw you had that, along. What was it called before it was called Vogue Runway? Uh, style.com. Yes, it was. Yes, it was that because they had the links on there when the live shows. Um, yeah, and then Vogue But yeah, party, when yeah. I saw you was linked into that, I said, oh shit, wait. Thanks, <laughs> yes, I love a little, you know, little, little. You know, it was funny. But, but I, really I love how you. you love fashion because like, it's just like, especially with like, not to sound like a uppity, like black widow, but in Philly, some people be so like, ugh, with it. Like, yeah. for instance, like y'all know, I said last week, like I lost my, um, my Telfar bag. Um, somebody stole it and I went to a sneaker store and I was trying to describe the bag. The girl was like, I already know I'm a, I'm a label whore. I'm like, it's really not that serious. <laughs> Like the bag been out since like 2014, and y'all just getting yes. on it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like, <laughs> just, let me let me guess. You got those all black Balen- the Balenciagas that look like, like socks. The let me guess. Oh, oh I those. Was, ooh. Literally, I <laughs> was just, cold the thing girls, is, I was huh? just trying to describe it because I said it's a medium size. There's three different mm-hmm. sizes. She said, mm, "Already know, I'm a lady." I said, "Okay, whatever." No, you're not. You're not. But like the thing is, I like about showing like you could be having on some like Raph Simmons sneakers and just be like, oh. Okay, this is what I am. And I'm just like, oh, I love it. And you know, also like that you will be like, I got the dick, I got a dicky, I got dickies on, I got this on. Like, you know what I mean? It's not all of you're not a label whore by any mm-hmm. means. You might be like an enthusiast like as it as it relates yeah. to like fashion mm-hmm. and like cuts quality. and stuff. But I feel like you're definitely not like I, I wouldn't even think it was a compliment to be considered a label whore. That yeah. just means mm-hmm. you going wherever <laughs> the prestige is versus like I actually understand why I'm consuming this. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh-huh. I think it is it's cause well, yes, I like fashion, right? Like that's just right. naturally an interest of mine, but I also don't give a fuck about fashion. You know, like I dress solely for my mood and how I feel mm-hmm. in that particular day, that time, that moment. Um, but then there's it's also literally it's literally my mood. Like I, I love a look. You know, so what's the look today? <laughs> like, who who am I going to be? You know, Megan put on a new wig every day. She a new bitch. She, you know, one day she Tina Snell. Maybe I'm one day I'm Pop Pop Joe or somebody. You know, like <laughs> yes. It just you, you definitely know, I love be giving dad. 
Like you give dad, give, you give like I love the nineties. I love mm-hmm. the nineties. Yeah, so so like did. that's a major, major, major influence. And Tribeca I love simplicity. Dead. So nineties yeah. <laughs> Tribeca dad for sure. <laughs> I'm here for it. Suburban <laughs> soccer dad, yes. Yes. Can I ask you, like, yeah. I know you don't like to upload often, but I'm going to just <laughs> put this out there. I'm going to make a proposal. I think you should do, like, an outfit the last drop. Time we, first of all, the last time we did this, you told me to unarchive un- all my shit on Instagram. <laughs> and you did it. And I did it. But then <laughs> yeah. I archived them again. I think you should do, like, uh, like if you just be, like, October 2022 and just do, like, a, like a fit drop. Like, just different things. Because I feel like sometimes, like, people can't capture, like, your style until they're in your face. Like, until they're in front of you. And, like, let's be honest, not many people get a chance to see you or meet you. Because you be, like, in the shadows. Sean <laughs> okay. be in the Batmobile. The like, quietest bitch in the room. Quiet. So quiet in the room. Take up a lot of space in the room, obviously. But most people, if, yeah, like, they won't get to see what we're talking about. Like, our listeners. So, I think yeah. that, you know, one, I think the listeners should follow you, too. I think that you should start to... um like just do a drop or create like a story highlight, something of just like your fits as you see fit. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna hold oh, no as you see fit. Uh, as you see oh, fits. I see what you did there. Clue <laughs> <laughs> bomb. Drop one of the clue bombs. As you see fit. No, um, you know, baby steps. You know, I really don't I ain't even on an instance these days, you know. I hate social media. Uh we could, we could, you know, put a pin in that. Right. Yeah, we'll, I'm, we'll I'm, be I might spin a block. I might spin a block. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. we'll be waiting. All right, so let's. That's our interview portion. Ooh, but we it. would love to get into a game of this and that. That you know, Sabrina got some really great ones for you. So be prepared. Oh, well, I'm you know this game, right? I Where know the game. Like we, okay, cool. So we're going to name. Sabrina's going to name two things. Got to pick. Ooh. So, starting off with a trend we just talked about fashion. This or that, Paris or New York Fashion Week? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Paris? I don't even know why I was saying it like that. New York is over. New York is done. I ain't even going to say it like that. I'm just playing. New York is not done, but I think um, there's, a, there's another sense of freedom that Paris and just Europe in general has and yeah, Paris. I ain't gonna lie, that that shit was popping this year. Like <laughs> Paris like, it was definitely popping. I mean, but the girls year. have been on lockdown and the girls haven't really been out the way that they They popped know, out this year. Okay. Out, okay. <laughs> they say we got shit to do and things to show. <laughs> they definitely some of them could have stayed in. <laughs> Ooh, I agree. <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, <laughs> Candace Owens. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Candace Owens. She was yeah, there? she could have stayed in. Yeah, she was there. All right. They might as well bring us on. <laughs> um, the next one, digital or film? Hmm. Okay. So, I shoot on digital, but I love film. You mm. can create some of the most beautiful imagery with film and it also feels a little bit more personal to me and more like more intimate i should say not personal mm-hmm. but just like more intimate uh so ugh. do i get do i gotta take a shot i got some water i could take a shot if i say both <laughs> 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 that's a hard one, but I, I, I i'll say film okay film. i know it's a bitch to get it developed but 
Okay. You seem like a film person to me, too. I felt like you Yeah, I actually really enjoy shooting on film. I do shoot on film. It's just primarily I use digital. Um, But I really do love film. It it just, you're able to capture the moment in such a different way that you don't get with digital. Mm, I agree. Next one. Ordering out or home-cooked meal? Who cooking? (laughs) Ro. Yeah. Home cooked meal. Period. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do not cook. That's it. <laughs> oh, I know how to cook. I throw it down now. Extra nigga. Oh, I'm, I'm, so, I, I'm so happy. I'll be in the really kitchen ch- throwing that shit down. You are changing. Oh, yeah, maybe you cooked a soul food meal. I was so proud of you. Yeah, yo, I was going to do it again on this Sunday, and instead, like, I made, like, some healthier shit. I threw some mac and cheese on the side, but, like, it was mostly, like, <laughs> healthy, all vegetable salads and shit. He fucked that shit up. I love that. He actually told me it was good. He usually don't do that. Usually I got to be like, was it, you know, on a scale of one to ten, you know, got to hit him with one of those. But he was like, that shit was busting. I was like, oh, was it? Because you know, you're putting every season in the cabinet in a um, a dish. Thanks. Yeah. I feel like Rel don't play about food. So if he said it was good, it was good. Like when Rel say my food is good, I be wanting a trophy. When Rel and Sabria say it's good, because I feel like y'all two are like, y'all like flavor. Yes. Like that's the thing. Y'all don't like just. They it like needs to flavor. Add some type of flavor. It needs yes, to be flavor. I love the it. plate needs to be colorful. It needs to be full. Okay. Robust. It's a yes. grown man. He wants to see it. It got to be full. <laughs> you know? I feel that. I feel but I got to walk with his chest out nowadays. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do do. All right. The last question um, cool or warm tones? Hmm. In which aspect? Um, any aspect. It, yeah, I feel like any aspect. Or if you want to break it down and be like, this and this, you could do that. I will allow it. <laughs> I'll say cool. I'll just say cool. Cool tones. Cool tones. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I was like, yeah, you do you cool you only wear silver jewelry you yeah. love white shirts and Fact. black like, gray I had, I had black. to know I needed to know which way because you know every time I see you wear something warm I'm like shocked yeah like that day what did I have on that day I think I had on like an orange shirt or something you was like what I didn't know I was that like, was Hello? you I was like I'm sorry I'm just confused it's the color I, I just really be looking for a white and black color block maybe some denim dark denim or navy but, yeah, navy or even Facts, brown, you know, dark brown. Them, if you I feel a funky, I stick to my faithfuls, the timeless, the classics. You know, every now and then we gotta switch it up though. Throw some color in there, you know, pop out. Yeah, you know. like that tan suit, like the tan suit you wore. When we were in DC. I really liked that. That was still kind of cool though, but it was like tan. It was like the oh, see, that we're like nineties. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That look was mm-hmm. good. I had fun in DC. DC was fun. Gotta go back like, immediately. Y'all, we gonna figure. We gonna we gonna do that as a unit. Facts. Yeah, I've never been to, I well, no, I've been to D.C. as a child, but I've never been as an adult. That was yes, my Reed. first time. I felt like you would enjoy yourself. government official buildings and shit. <laughs> oh, my I was terrified. You heard me? So, real quick, gotta tell the story, because I don't even know if I told it to you. You did tell we me. We were, okay, we were going into this building, right, Um, to park. We just thought it was a sure parking lot. We thought we were, we were going to a museum and, you know, in D.C., everything's a federal building. So we're going into it. And like, you know, we had like a little, uh, you know, a little chilling, you know. And all of a sudden, this guy was like, uh, he's letting us in. And he was like, 
I'm gonna need you to open up your trunk. Do you have any firearms? Like he just starts saying shit in a real authoritative voice. He's like, Do you have any firearms? Anything illegal? This and the other. Open the trunk. And I'm like, We were looking <laughs> like, well, Are we under like, arrest? Like, where are we at? And I feel like even though I knew Sean didn't have nothing in this trunk, I picture like when they popped the trunk, it was like all this, Holy all shit. these bricks, all these bricks are like coke. I don't know why. Like, like authoritative figures. Wait, I didn't think I didn't think that was going to be it. But well, I always feel like things like that appear when people check. Like I know it wouldn't be ours, but it's like somebody just happened to leave it there. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, I maybe machine guns. We to go down. Then he kept. He just was sitting there staring at me, repeating, and I'm like. The fuck? He like, do you have any weapons? <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't have any weapons. I just want to park. Like, where's the parking spot? Where's the lot? But when we got in the parking lot, you was like, you put your hand over your chest. You was like, I almost had a heart attack. Because I did. He came out of nowhere. He came out of nowhere. So aggressive with it, though. Like, pop the trunk. I'm like, pop the trunk. Pop the trunk. We're like, what did we do? And we're like, I, we're like you said, what building are we entering literally. into? <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Just in DC, just uh, I it's, needed it's to know what I was security. driving into, baby. Because I'm like, I just thought this was the museum. It's it was in the wrong place. And the wrong it place. Was just, like that. But well, it, was, it was well worth it because when we got to the um, what was it the Hershorn Hershorn Museum? I forget the name of it, but it was beautiful. Yes, it was beautiful. Great museum. Definitely recommend. Beautiful gowns and free. <laughs> and love free, a yeah. free museum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was free. It was free. Yeah. Yeah, Most of the museums in DC are free, which is finet. Actually, all of them. All of them are free in DC. That's, That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's it for this or that. Well done. You survived. Uh, I did. That was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed that. So let's get into tea time. We'll create, we'll we'll pick two subjects, right? Okay. And just because we're running a little bit short on time, but we know the first one is going to make the most sense for us all to talk about. Yes. Again, we we mentioned we're part of the Navy. Um, Rihanna is rumored to be recording two tracks on the Black Panther Two soundtrack, oh. which is so like it's like multiple exciting oh. things here, right? Because one Black Panther Two is it's going to be out very soon, which is like. As much as we miss our king, I'm happy that, you know, that I I, I trust with how well done it was the first time that mm-hmm. they're going to honor him mm-hmm. in a way that keeps it going. Because I, I don't think that's what anybody wants is for Black Panther to end. Like, I don't think that's what anybody wants. Mm-hmm. But the Black Panther soundtrack was like, honestly, what re-sparked, I think, a lot of soundtracks like popping again, Since, yeah. like because people yeah. weren't like Sam before Black Panther. Kendrick Lamar produced that, right? Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. He was like responsible for all that, and he was on most of the songs, and, yeah. you know. But yeah, that was one of the best uh, soundtracks I've heard in my opinion since like Waiting to Excel. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so was, Iman to say, it sounds like the Wait. little play, the playlist that uh, Issa was dropping with like Insecure. Those shirts, yes, slap. yes, for sure. Like that was one hundred percent amazing. She put me on to so many songs. Yeah. But, Issa has literally been doing it since Awkward Black Girl. My mom has run all the stars with Susan Kendrick Lamar down to the ground. So Such a good (laughs) song. It is a good song. My mom, when she's obsessed with something, she'll play it over (laughs) and over and over again without a break. That's exciting that Rihanna's dipping her hand in this again. Allegedly. uh, Sledgehammer, right? What what movie 
movie was that for? Sledgehammer. It was uh, Avatar or something like that. It was on the soundtrack for that joint. She's too naughty. Remember that. that one? Wait, hold up. No, it was the song um, Sledgehammer. Wasn't it the Battlefield one? Battleship? No, it happened what? after Battlefield. That's more Sledgehammer is more recent. Hold on. Sorry, it was, as we... I know exactly what you're talking about. Star Trek. Star Trek. Hmm. I feel like they're saying that this is rumored okay. with Rihanna, but I just I got a strong. This is so on brand for her. It is. This is so on brand for her to want to be part of something so powerful, something mm-hmm. so black, something. Um, we know that she has like, you know, at least some respect for Kendrick Lamar because they've made a song. You know, they made loyalty together, mm-hmm. and I just feel like she she's gonna kill it. I want to see. I just. I'm excited for new music. I want to know what motherhood has done to spark this in her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because my girl has been not making music for so long, but it's like she dropped that baby and it's like Super Bowl, potentially this Black Panther soundtrack. And I'm just like, I love to see that in women. Like, oh my God, like having a baby don't actually, don't make me want to slow down. It make me more inspired, more motivated. Like, yeah. And that's, I feel like, just think about it. Beyonce keeps dropping the greatest work of her life after she has children. Like, you know, like Cardi and like Summer Walker are now like doing shoots and videos pregnant, which yeah. I love because back in the day, women didn't do that anymore. Like no. they're literally being Especially sexy in the with music the industry. They, they hid their pregnancies and, you know, at that time it seemed like their careers were over if they got pregnant. Exactly. And we kind of thought that with Cardi. Remember when she was on SNL? We was like, why? Why did she do that? Like, I remember well, back in the day, me and Sabrina were concerned. That's because by Offset. That, that just... Yeah. That just was, we were very, and because she didn't drop... Her album had just dropped. She didn't get a chance to go on tour. And we were right. like, what's going on? But it's like, so now many women are proven. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, because she just had another baby. It's just like crazy. She never officially even went on a, a tour, I don't think. Did she? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Here's my thing, though. I have to believe it about, about Brianna. Yeah. I'm scarred, and I'm just, I have to see it. I believe it. Yeah. I, I believe it. For some reason, I, I, you know, I don't actually believe a lot when it comes to Rihanna for the same reason that many of us don't because every time she says she's going to come out with the album it'd be like you know something else going on but I really do feel like she well one we know that the NFL thing is happening Mm -hmm. like we know the Super Bowl is happening so yeah so I'm like (laughs) well we know that the music is happening it's like the the wheels are starting to turn so I'm like right now and it makes more sense I feel like if it was if she didn't announce the Super Bowl and it was a rumor about the Black Panther thing I think I'd be like no I gotta see it but I'm like she's she's doing something it could be yeah We'll see. That, that would be very exciting. We will see. Yep. But I'm, I just I want Rihanna music. I'm... It could be for the Black Panther. It could be for the Blue Panther. I just want Rihanna music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear the soundtrack, and I'm excited to hear Rihanna. Hopefully, I can hear both at the same time. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's skip to our second and last subject for T-Town, which is um, California becomes the first state to ban plastic produce bags, which... I've been personally banning produce bags myself. Like, I know, Sabria, um, I think you, Sean, and Ralph, like, y'all use, like, those little container things. Mm. 
uh, like it's like these reusable containers to put your produce in, which are so cute. But like, mm-hmm. I gotta be real. With oh myself. yeah, my stasher bags. I think I left one here actually. You did actually have it in my. I have it in. Uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you, said you did. Yeah, I have it over. Yeah. But like, I, I can barely remember. <laughs> I can barely remember like to bring my reusable bags to the market. So it's no way possible that I could bring stasher bags. I'll misplace them. Leave it in your car. I can't do it because when you bring them up to take the groceries in, you just got to remember to rinse them out and bring them back down. And it's like, it's hard for, it's really hard for me to remember all that when I'm leaving out the door. Like, so what I do, to be honest, I just don't put my produce in anything because I, this is my logic. The produce has been in the ground. Then after that, it's been on a truck. Then after that, it's been like on different crates. Like it's been everywhere. Yeah, I don't. Why can't it make it to the cart and then ride home without being in another container now? Yeah. And I'm gonna rinse it off thoroughly before I eat it. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't feel like I need to like put things in bags just for like 15 minutes it's in my cart and then the 20 minutes it's in my car. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah, I I don't. So it makes sense. I do, but yeah, we definitely got those little. What did you say they called those stasher bags? Child, you know I hate the market, but Rob got those. Yeah, I don't. So I don't (laughs) put my when I'm grabbing the produce. I don't use those little bags. I don't use those. But I always like if I don't bring my grocery bag though, my Mm -hmm. reusable grocery bag, I be feeling like a failure. I be feeling embarrassed. I I feel like people like ah, you're polluting the earth. No, I'd be mad as hell. Because first of all, knowing Jarrell and us, we gonna buy another one, and we got like fifty million of these goddamn reusable bags. Because Same. No, I who, got. That, that's the thing. Who remembers to grab the reusable bags before you go to the goddamn store? No, I'm not gonna lie, y'all. I be packing my. I be like, I, I sometimes I be like, I'm I feel like I'm in a grocery shop, so I fold it up and I put it in my. But I carry a purse, so. Mm. Mm. I got I'm like sorry, two I'm of just... them sitting in my trunk. You think I remember? No. See, I, I do remember like my, my plastic bags because um I was buying so many of the reusable bags because in Philly they recently banned like like in California, they recently banned um plastic, plastic. bags. Mm-hmm. So now if you go to a market, they'll either A give you a really shitty paper bag where the handle's gonna f- a pop Child, you put or no handles. Breaks. Yeah, or no handles. That to me is just like, what is this, the fifties? Mm-hmm. Just leave it to be brass like bag. And you it's not it as good. Bring, it, fall, it fall apart. That bag is so soggy so quick. That's why I can't hire, honey. Yeah, they, they, they want to double your shit up. They'd be like five cents for a bag. Like yeah, five cents for, for, for a bag I can see through, and then this shit got like a like it's just be terrible these bags. So I'm like, you know what? That's gonna bother me real bad. And then it's like four ninety nine for the other good quality bags. So mm-hmm. I, I got to a point where I'm like, damn, I keep buying bags, but then I'm forgetting to bring them. Now I got to a point where I'm possessive over them. Like if I leave a bag at my mom's, I'll be like, uh, I'm gonna stand out here while you go put my bag back. Like I need my bag. I need my bag. I had six. I'm down to four. It's because of people like you. Give me my bag. Like, I'm not, I don't really play like that. Even today, me, I, I accidentally used this really cool reusable bag as like a little trash bag. Mm-hmm. And Sabrina's like, where you get that bag from? I'm like, see, we're getting old because now we like, that's a good reusable bag. <laughs> bag you so. know, that's a good. And I got different sizes. They don't match, though. That's what I really don't like. So I'm like, the next level for me is like maybe going on Amazon, getting me a reusable bag set. But when that comes, Again, I'm gonna start showing my teeth when people Bags. touch them. Bags, because that's Our crazy. Match, but they like we got we we have too many. That's the problem. <laughs> we just have too many. Yeah, I got some. My favorite problem. ones are the green ones from Whole Foods. I have two of those. 
Oh yeah, those are nice. Those are nice. I'm I'm still ghetto. I'll be using the shop right ones. Okay. I use the black shop. They come in handy though. They do. I like the thing is they sturdy and they're spacious. Um, they're like giants. very similar. The ones from Giants and they got the uh, the lining in the inside of them. I like those ones too. I need to go to Giant. Y'all know it's a new Giant like downtown. That's what somebody was telling me. But on 23rd I, like, Street is it... or the one on Columbus Boulevard. Twenty third Street. Oh yeah, it's cute. I want to go. I, I, I like the one at Plymouth Meeting. That's my favorite giant. Um, it's out the way, but like when I say, my mom is like, if it's a, if we gotta go um shopping for Thanksgiving or Christmas, we go up there because they're always fully stocked and they actually mm-hmm. have a really great um like organic and vegan section. Mm-hmm. So like. You can shop like you know a bunch of things on sale, but some of the things that we get from like a Whole Food, I love um, that it's I'm, like a Wegmans. Um, I love that Wegmans I'm is top tier though. More and more in stores now that they're getting bigger and larger, like plant based sections, and it's not mm-hmm. just like a shelf. It's like an actual section now. That's really cool to see. So yeah, and I feel like Giant has had this since I've been in like eighth grade. They had those like two really robust aisles for you know the plant folks, um, which I appreciate. But yeah, um, shout out to California. They're always ahead of the game of doing things for the environment. Um, the West Coast period, like I feel like Philly will will adopt this rule. Um, once it starts becoming like a hundred and ten degrees in the summer, we realize like like yeah, you really need to like get it get it together with the plastic shit. Yeah, save Mother Earth. Period. All right, so let's get into the sunken place. So this is a topic that I feel like bothers all of us equally. Um, and we all know what brings friends together is not only what we love, but what we hate. So it's like <laughs> one thing that is so annoying is when someone gives you feedback when it's not requested. And this could be a friend. Like if you're just venting and you're telling a story and like, you know, they just start telling you all the things you should do. It's like, well... And maybe I'm just, maybe I just need you to listen, you know, or like when you are presenting a new idea to somebody, but you clearly name like, oh, I just thought of this thing. And then they just start giving you a bunch of feedback or when you like have a a relationship problem and then people start telling you like, oh, you need to do this. You need to break up. You need, it's like, did I ask for you to give me feedback and like know your place on what you should be giving feedback on if you don't have a certain relationship with me? Like, I think at this point, either of you could give me feedback and I wouldn't take it personally uh, because number one, you don't do that very often. And I know right. our relationship, but if you don't really know somebody like that and they're talking about, don't, don't like mind your tongue. That's how I feel. Literally. Literally. It's the bane of my existence. I hate that shit when people give you unsolicited advice. And especially when it's like you're just like I guess kind of like casually mentioning a thought, a idea that you had and just, you know, just sharing it just to like kind of bounce an idea off a soundboard or just to get it out of your own head and somebody starts immediately giving you whatever feedback or whatever they feel like you should do to execute this and XYZ. I hate it. I didn't ask. Same. I literally would just sit there and stare at you. Especially you. If, if you never, if, the, if they never did, did it before, like you never did it before. So how are you just so gung ho? You don't even understand to... what, what I'm trying to get out of my head because half the time I don't even understand all this goddamn shit. So Yeah, I'm just like, talking. Sometimes you, know. you just be talking. And even if you have done it, because like people will be like, well, I opened the business and I failed. So now I'm, a, I'm about to tell you yeah, everything it is to know. Or like, 
I um I was married once before, and let me tell. It's like you are projecting. You're not mm-hmm. even listening. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't even want to talk to you because you have the inner. You cannot take yourself out of this mm-hmm. to give me the advice to, to assess my situation or give me my advice. Or like if you tell somebody like I want to move to New York, and they be like. Huh, New York is expensive, man. You might as well move. You might as well move to uh, East Jablip of Pennsylvania. You can <laughs> buy a house. It's like I know that I can do that, right? And I technically should be judging you for your bland as life and boring decisions, but right. I don't because I understand that we all could be happy with different things. Right. So it's just like if that's what makes you happy to live in a dusty ass farmhouse in the middle of nowhere where there's no Whole Foods, a shitty education system, just so that you can have, you know, an extra hundred, two hundred dollars in your pocket yeah. for whatever you want every month, that's on you. That's what you want. But if I want to be broke and happy in New York, which I won't ever be broke in any city because that's not me. Like, but if I if I wanted to do that and if I believe I can make it in that way, who you are you I feel like it's a threat when you now tell me I can't do it. Yeah, right. It is like, like people love, and we talk about this on our walks and shit. Like people love to tell you though why you can't do something versus uh, acknowledging why you can't or saying why you can do something. It's like niggas a lot of project their own fears and insecurities onto you to kind of like talk you out of doing whatever it may be, right? Like, and I've even dealt with that like even more recently, like with me leaving my job, right? And when mm. people would ask, like, oh, well, what do you want to do? You know, market response. I kept telling everybody, like, I'm just gonna live life. Um, you know, <laughs> that make people because of, mad as shit. They really no, does. You it bet, makes them pick even, life. <laughs> it makes them pick even more. Be like, and then it's like, so what exactly are you gonna? Be? Are you gonna do entrepreneurship? Uh, you know, it's hard because when I tried it, and it's like I didn't ask you when you decided to go be an entrepreneur. You know, like I'm sorry. It didn't work out the way that you wanted it to work out, but I think I didn't do me. That don't mean that that's gonna be my situation. Me and you have two different brains. Me and you are two different people. It just won't be it. I didn't ask you for that either. And everybody has a different temperament as well. Yeah, exactly that part. When you know better, you do better. You know. When you know better, you do better. And it's just kind of like I feel like a lot of times people like we already know that it's hard or like we don't have the answers to certain things. Like there are a lot, like I may not project self-doubt, but that's because I stay up all night thinking about it. Like I keep myself up at night with like anxieties and questions and, you know, things like that. So it's just like when I ask, when I'm like talking to someone or even if I'm not talking to them and they find out what I'm doing and they start offering me this feedback, it's like, you don't know where I'm at mentally. Like you don't know if I am like, at a place where I want feedback or if my like mental health can take this feedback from you, like just, just come in and start critiquing people. It's just insane. Like mm-hmm. it's just absolutely insane. You say that you're in the gym and somebody's like, well, if you want more muscle, it's like, well, who said I want more muscle? Right. <laughs> there, there you go. Tal- talking. It's like, let me decide what I want and share with you. And and that's just that's just how it is. But people don't want to listen. They don't want to take themselves out of it. They want to give advice to make themselves feel more important. But then I'm rude if I'm just like, didn't ask. Literally. Okay, cool story, bro. Like, you know, something like that. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's also it's okay to say to people like, Do you want me to just listen? You know, you want to vent or you want advice? 
Yeah, that's that's a a really that's a a better approach to it, you know, Mm -hmm. because sometimes people do just want to vent. Sometimes people just need to say things out loud to somebody other than themselves. And then there are times where people do want some type of advice, you know, and Mm -hmm. if you don't know how to choose or have, you know, you struggle with that, just ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been trying to name that. Like, I just, you know, I just want you to hear me out real quick. Hear me out. So I'm coming into this conversation saying that I want you to listen. That's it. I just feel like people do that a lot to like black folks though. Like they just assume we haven't thought about it mm-hmm. and they start like providing feedback because like it's almost as if they think they're doing your favorite. Like I know mm-hmm. you haven't thought about it because you know you're a little dense, but it's like, <laughs> trust me, I've thought about everything. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh. Hey, <laughs> I didn't just wake up and decide to do this or get here. I've thought about these things. Sweet. Yeah, and about also like years so, now. Yeah, and if somebody <laughs> show up with a check, I'm like, huh, yeah, baby, I know how to work this. And nothing's going to ever be perfect. You're never going to get to an idea where you have a feedback free uh criticism free idea like for everything that you like, there's a there's a way to make it better. Mm-hmm. Everything. For your favorite Always. clothing brand, you probably got a suggestion on how to make it better. But it's just impossible. And like things not being perfect is not a reason to not get started. The only the people who get it are the people who can work through imperfections. Literally. Yippee. And as you said, nothing's perfect. Nothing, so, so, not yippee, Sabrina. <laughs> 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 That's the <laughs> In short, keep your pie hole shut. <laughs> That's how I feel. Just mind your business. Yeah, mind your business. Okay. (laughs) So, common senses. This is like a little bit of like a continuation of the sunken place in a sense of like, you know, being a dreamer, going out there, getting it, recreating yourself, and just honestly poking your chest out in this world. So, the first thing we wanted to talk about is just like exiting the workforce, um, specifically um, for you, Sean, because you just mentioned like you left work to live life. And that is something that I think many of us aspire to do. And it's like, how did you get the courage to do that? And it's just like, you know, me and Sabria will sp- sprinkle some thoughts in. Um, So honestly, I don't think that I necessarily got the courage to do it. I got to a place where I just was completely fed up. I could no longer, right? I could no longer wake up and go to a place that I just truly did not enjoy on no level. I didn't enjoy the work that I was doing. I didn't enjoy the people that I was working with and for. Um, I also knew that I wanted to do other and different things. I enjoy being creative on all levels. I have to create something. Um, And I think working in a more traditional sense, like in terms of a more traditional nine to five, it created a lot of limitations for me that I couldn't work within any longer. You know, like it's, I'm in this era of life or this chapter of life of just expanding it every way possible and I could no longer do that within it. And I also don't want to live a life where I'm just like a worker. I don't want to be a worker bee for the rest of my life. I actually want to live and enjoy life and enjoy a lot of the smaller things. I mean, you we as we talked about like with the fave for like my fave for or most in, uh influence, you know, you know what it was. Yeah. Four influences. Um just like with that, like even if you listen to people that we look up to, our idols, the people that we're influenced by, when we hear them speak and we hear them talk, they talk a lot about 
taking that time for themselves and enjoying the smaller things or they wish they would have enjoyed this moment more or they wish they wanted to do that. That's really what I want to do. You know, that's not me saying like, I don't want to work because obviously I want to work. I want to create. Yeah. But I also want, I guess, you know, a popular term, a soft life, you know, like I want the soft mm-hmm. life, you know, like I don't, I just, I'm ready to get off the hamster wheel. You know, I had to get off the hamster wheel. It was time. It wasn't even something that, yes, I've thought about doing it and I had it planned out, but then when it actually happened, it wasn't. It wasn't because of those. I literally just could not do that shit anymore. I was doing myself a disservice, you know? And sometimes you yeah. do have to take that leap of faith and just trust yourself, right? Like, yeah. I literally had to trust myself. And I have I have to, I had to know that I'm going to figure it the fuck out. <laughs> you know, it may not make sense <laughs> to a lot of people. It is not a clear and easy path. It is not... It's not any of that shit, you know, and I'm going to, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm determined enough and I'm strong enough to, to figure that shit out because this is what I want my life to be. And these are the things that I want to do in my life. And why the yeah. fuck can't I? Why can't we? I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. I just feel like, you know, to your point, everybody got like a battery. Mm-hmm. Everybody got like a battery. Um, Like, you know, how you say your social battery die. Sometimes your workforce battery die. It dies. Like you, it, and it's nothing wrong with working. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with a nine to five. Like I'm not, I would never throw shade because mm-hmm. like there's some days where it's nice to have a nine to five in some ways because you just do the task and you go home and it's right. like not related to you. It's not all up to you. But when you have a dream, it's like, it's, 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 it's less about the workforce and it's more about the dream. Facts. It's like, I don't want to spend another minute not doing this. Like Facts. that's how I feel these days. It's like, I don't feel resentment towards work. I don't feel resentment mm-hmm. towards nine to five. And I feel like my nine to five has taught me all the things I need to now, like, you know, go in the direction I want to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I say I want to exit the workforce, it's never a shade to what my job, my future jobs that I might need to, you know, sustain myself. Right. In the meantime, it's all like about me and my, my dreams that I feel like I owe to myself yes. because I have one life, mm-hmm. you nice. know? So it's like really motivational for me to see you do it and like, Seeing you do it has made me, I go lie, it's drained my little battery a little bit more. It's like pushing me towards <laughs> like this life a little bit quicker because it's just like it, it you start to reimagine, like, oh, do I actually need this to survive? Like, am I actually investing in 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 exiting the workforce and entering my my dreams in the in the way in a radical way that I might need to right. in order to actually get things to work? So I feel like it's yeah it's it's i've been thinking a lot of stuff about a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you know and it's like yeah I, you just get to that point where like you literally can and you just got to trust yourself and step out on faith you know you really what do you got to lose like in my case like i feel like i spent the last a lady never gives away her age i won't say that um <laughs> but i spent the, you know a good chunk of my life like working you know working a traditional nine to five and not feeding my craft and not feeding my soul and not feeding myself mm-hmm. in any of those ways mm-hmm. right because also within that like and again i listen i'm not against having a nine to five working or not like it, it is stability right we all need a check we all need a job we all gotta survive right mm-hmm. but i think within that Especially for me, I felt like I was getting caught up in the survival of it all, right? And yes. that goalpost kept getting moved. So it's like, yes. all right, I'm going to get this job. This is my goal. I need to make huh. X amount, save X amount. You know what I mean? Get this, get this, and then I'm going to do this, right? 
But then you get that job and you get in it. And, you know, for me, luckily, I've been good at a lot of the things that I've been doing. You start to grow within it. And then you're like, all right, I need more money. You know, that that mm-hmm. starts to go through your mind. Like every time, like you want more money, you want more money, you want more money. You're always going to want more money. Bills Vicious are always cycle. going to be there. You know, life is always going to life and you are always going to have to survive in one way or another, you know. Mm-hmm. But at what point are you actually going to stop and just be like, all right, this, I, I need to do this for me. You know, like I, I need to... It literally was like a voice that was in me that like was just bursting to get the fuck out. And she, she had to go. She had to come out. Mm-hmm. I definitely understand that. And that, what you said about the, the goalposts and your goal, like it just moving and moving. That's so true because like, I'm like, last I rem- the last thing I remember was I was in college applying my ass off to jobs. Didn't get the jobs. I came home. I was like, I'm going to work to get back to New York. I was like uh, 22. And I'm like, now, boop, I'm 30. And I'm like, oh wow like mm-hmm. i've been just trying to focus on the survival and being like oh get this money and like get my resume up and stuff like that and like what really for me personally put in perspective is when um a listener thank you sweetie um who <laughs> sent um they were like you should apply to this writing program i applied to it um because i had i just edited um like a, a tv mm-hmm. show that i had written a few years ago um, and I'm so grateful for this feedback. I got an email and they were like, uh, you, so for my resume, they wanted me to volunteer at festivals and do stuff like that. And they were like, if we're writing, um, like programs or fellowship stuff, this is kind of a riff, not fellowships, but cause you can just write for that. But like writing programs, sometimes that's a red flag. If you have not done any work within film and I didn't, like, I wasn't hurt or offended by it. I'm like, I appreciate that feedback. I really appreciate that. Because it's a gift. what did I do? I literally uh, applied to volunteer to work at a festival. Because right. I'm like, if this is something that you want to do, you got to do the work. Um, and, like, you know, obviously I went to school for it and I have a degree. I'm trained. But it's, like, other work that you have to do. So, like, not only am I um, trying to do that, but I'm also looking into do improv classes and things like that. So it's like getting that feedback and realizing and then reading books from people who like who are in this and like seeing how they just was really like, oh, like, fuck this job. Like, I'm just doing this, doing this. But they was had that focus on that. I'm like, that snapped me back into reality. It's like um, and that's something that like, you know, my uh, parents were always like drilling to me but for some reason like again the grass is always greener on the other side I was always like like doubting my like for instance when I was unemployed I didn't even enjoy it because I was so stressed about finding a job and I felt like I was like a like pathetic I didn't have a job or whatever that time I could have been writing like a movie and two shows um but instead I was just so focused on um being like what society says I should be and like how I should be like working like getting money like how are you doing this you don't have no money and then you read autobiographies of like your favorite you know TV shows and they're like yeah like I had I'm no money with $200 and yeah right and so, sleeping on a couch exactly Literally. so I'm like that just made me like snap back into it and just like you know what Sabria you know what you want to do you got to make this like even if you know, you work somewhere and they don't have a they gotta have a problem with it. You have this is your dream. This is what you want to do. You have to put that to the front. And like, I'm so happy really that don't. you. 
you decided to do this um, when you were ready. And because you have to have that feeling and you like, I literally physically cannot do this anymore. Mentally, I do not care. Um, and like, I'm getting to that point because I just see my, Mm -hmm. I just see like the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm like, physically, I cannot care about something that I don't want to do. And I have to be okay with that. And it's not like I'm a bad person or I'm lazy. Cause at first I was thinking, I'm like, am I lazy? But it's like, no, my heart is not in this. Like my heart is like with like my writing, like I would love to do set design, like things with my hands, installation art, like that's where my heart is. Like that you is gotta some, honor your heart. Exactly. You honor really her. Do. Yes, you like, do. And exactly. Like that's something that gets me excited. Like I will I will literally sit down and watch a like I watched a four hour documentary on the fucking nightmare on Elm Street. Just because I wanted to hear from the directors and the actors, makeup artists, this shit was four fucking hours, but I watched it. I didn't get sleepy. I was excited to watch it. And I'm like that. And also (coughs) another thing, seeing people that like, you know, everybody has that one person at their job where they love the job. They love it. They live it. They breathe it. And I used to get annoyed by those people, but (coughs) those people actually have inspired me to, I'm like, you're doing what you love, so I should do what I love. Exactly. And just to have that fire and just be get it, even on the bad days, be like, I love this. Like, I, like, yearn for that. And I'm like, in order to get that, you got to just, you got to, like, everybody that has made it has one thing in common, is they took a risk. Mm-hmm. They fell flat on their face. They're f- they flat on their ass. They did something scary. They took a risk. That is a big picture. That is what everybody that has become successful has in common. to fail. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to get out there. You have to do something crazy. You have to do something scary. You might not have enough money saved up, but who gives oh, a shit? You ever know? Yeah. You never that's will a, report. Yeah, you know what report. I mean? Like, that, that's the thing. That's <laughs> exactly. what I'm saying. It's like we weren't born into... Kept. Getting moved and it's like, well, am it, I am I ever gonna have it? Like, yeah, because like you know what I you try gotta to get do to credit. have money traditionally. Uh-huh. You gotta work. You gotta work and like you know keep working and keep working and keep working. Yeah. And it's like and then by the time you climb the ladder, you be so drained. It's just like no. It's sometimes you gotta do a slingshot move. You gotta be like, all right. I'm going to take a L with money in the sense of like, I won't be making as much, but I'll be heading in this direction because right. I have faith that at one point I'm going to get, so I'm going to get way more money doing this than I would have gotten in my lifetime if I did that other thing. Right. That would have provided me security and comfortability, but it would have also been complacent. Right. And like, the thing is, complacency is a creator's worst nightmare. Like when you start feeling like... Yeah, I got a home and it's like, you know, I'm following the, 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 I'm checking the list. Like, you know, I'm about to get married. I'm Mm -hmm. about to move to the suburb. That starts to actually make you feel like, no, like this is a little bit, it's like a blueprint for this. I want to do this shit where it's no blueprint. I want to make it with no, like no blueprint. I want to build it. I want to create something. I want, I want to be innovative. I want to be a visionary. I want to be a soloist. I want to be part of the Navy. Like Brianna, (laughs) I want to be like that. And Mm -hmm. so- when you talk about how, like, you know, one minute you're twenty son year old, next minute you're thirty, that don't that that don't scare me because I'm afraid I'm getting older. Because like whatever, I, you, I, we already talked about this. To be older means you're alive. It scares me because I feel like 
if I don't do something, it will be my fault that I don't make it. I have to be the one to change changes something. And like that has like full transparency. I have been up every night thinking about that. Like constantly about like I have to do it. Like, oh my God, like it's me. Like nobody else has to do it. And it's like Obviously, like I know what what Beyonce meant when she's like, "I'm a grown woman. I do whatever I want." And it's like when you start making those really drastic like changes in your life to like reset things, you gotta also be like, "Wow, like I'm doing this. Like yeah. I'm creating this path." There's so much power, even though it's scary at the same time. It's like so much power, and I just feel like you get to recreate yourself. Like mm-hmm. every. At any turn, who you were in your 20s, who people define you as, like, none of that matters. None of that matters. You, I can literally say right now, I want to be known for fashion. And there can be somebody that has known me and say, but Iman, you can't dress to you. Okay. <laughs> to but you. Those who know, I know. want to be known for that. Fa- I want to take over fashion. And I just feel like, I got to do my part and be strong enough to do it anyway mm-hmm. and not let what anyone else thinks or what, what the what the story, say, what the blogs say about <laughs> me, you know, decide like who I am. You yeah. Know? And I you don't want to be like, and you don't want to look back and be like, oh, I wanted to do that. Like, you don't Sad. want, that's like my, one of my worst fears. And like, another thing that has inspired me personally is like, um, I work with older people and I started a creative writing class at my job and the women there a lot of them did not know that you could have a career in writing. A lot of them, one of the ladies said that I always felt like, no, you need to do something to make you money. Like you need to, it's your job to be the provider. You have to do this, whatever. And they didn't realize that they can make a career out of it. Like right. even though they had people like, well, they're older than me. So like they saw Oprah like really come up. They mm-hmm. didn't, to them, that was not feasible like they just probably like thought oh she was lucky or she was blessed like that's just whatever they never and they didn't think that like anybody would want to listen to them and Mm. like for me i'm so fired up about what i want to do i'm so confident in like my writing i'm so it's to the point where i still have an email where somebody gave me like a terrible critique it is is the worst it is the worst thing that you could ever say to somebody that like a young writer. I still have that email and I look at it and I'm like, this is not true. Like I truly believe that much in myself that I'm like, this person don't know me with this critique is not true. I could take criticism, but this is not true. And I know that people want to hear my story. Like I know that for sure, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Like I could take a lot of detective tests. That is not a lie. I truly believe it. And like Period. it's people that don't believe that. And I personally would like to be like a liaison or like a voice for them and be like, people want to hear you. Like people want, like people just want to hear stories. So it's like, I never want to say, oh, I had wanted to do that. Cause like, even since I was a kid, like I wanted to dance. I did dancing. I was doing, I wanted to do acting. I did acting. Like I want, whatever I wanted to do, I did as a child. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what the, like, I cannot let capitalism stop it. Cause like, that's what it was. Like when I was a kid, capitalism, I didn't know what the fuck people, capitalism like, was. I didn't know what the fuck. So I'm just like doing whatever. Um, Even my loans, like I never, even to this day, I really don't give a fuck about it. Cause like, I'm like, I did what I wanted to do. So I got to live in New York at 18. So the fuck what if I'm in debt? I don't care. Um, But if I had that tenacity as a child and like, whatever, 
I need to tap into that inner child and do that as an adult because yeah. that person, like, it got me places. Like, I got awards for acting. I, like, you know, I didn't like dancing like that, but acting, that was my shit. Like, I learned a lot. It's still stuff to this day that, like, I understand because I was, like, trained in that. And I'm like, if I had it as a kid, like, I cannot let this, like, capitalism get in the way with it. I need to tap back into that shit because I was very disciplined. Yeah. Oftentimes, who we were as kids were a lot cooler. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> you yeah, were like, we were and I think. Free. You, you were okay, yeah. we were free, right? And it was before everybody, before society really had a chance to really uh, put its words and things into your mind and to your and atmosphere. Also, excuse me, ignorance was bliss. Ignorance so you just bliss. like, whatever. You just, you don't understand, like, oh, somebody got shot at like 29th and diamond and like you just like you hear stuff but you just like it don't seem real to you because you're just yeah. a kid you're just like oh well like whatever it's like a movie just as just as real as something that happened in a movie that's what it feels like yeah when exactly you hear things so like that. i need to tap back into that because i'm like man like me as a kid i did not play that shit i'm like <laughs> please I was always in, I literally acting camp every year in a play every year. Like, I was like, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? Uh-uh. Yeah. Let's run this shit back. I think a lot of us are yes. all at that point in life where we start to, like, realize that we need to please our inner child. <laughs> whatever that may be. Mm, like, whatever that may be. You know, it's like, one, yes, un- unpacking, right, and undoing and unlearning all of those childhood imprints and, like, just freeing yourself from all of that systematic shit. It, it makes you realize that, like, yo, damn, like, I used to have fun when I was a kid, you know? Like, I used to enjoy yes. just fucking, I don't know, putting a fucking uh, 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 empty fucking juice container in the back of my bike just so it could sound like a fucking motorcycle Make that sound. Noise. Like, you know, like, everybody, like, put the fucking huggy in the back tire, that shit. Yes. You know, it used to be little shit like that. So I feel like where yes. everybody's in this state, or not everybody, at least the people that I know that I'm around, seem to be in a state of just trying to get back to that, getting back to the essence of them and the things that truly make them happy. And I think that is such a beautiful place because I feel like we're all taking risks in a lot of different ways and expanding ourselves in many different ways, you know, because it's all we're doing is expanding. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always going to continue to expand. That's a, at least we should be all continuing to expand. That's, That's my goal. To continue to expand. I don't want to do shit. Just let me exist. Stop trying to define me. Stop trying to put me in a box. And I feel like I spent a lot of my fucking life trying to fit in these boxes. I, I don't want to fit in no fucking box. I don't care. Don't label me. Just let me <laughs> exist. I don't want to be defined. Just let me exist. Yeah. Bob out. Bob out. I feel like. If we can leave our listeners with one way we persevere, because I think that as hard as we all are on ourselves, I think that every author is do a really great job of like finding our way back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you find your way back? Uh, when you are lost, when you're a little, when you feel like, let me go back to my safety, John. Let me go back to work. Let me go back to these, you know, these things that I actually know my soul I don't want to do, but I'm so afraid to veer away from. Like, how do we find our way back? Uh, for me, I think solitude helps with that. And just being alone and being able to just process whatever my thoughts are. 
you know, processing that. And like what I shared with you, you like the morning pages and the journaling and like getting shit out early in the day so that I'm not walking around with that. It's helped me be more focused in that way so I can really truly look at the things that I want and love to do. And that's kind of like, it's like, it's like how do I explain this? Um, I allow things to use me as a vessel, right? I'm just a vessel. So it's not like I'm like actively trying to necessarily find my way back, but allow myself the space to do that, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, it's like yeah. just allowing myself to be the vessel and it, it comes out. It happens. I love that. Yes, I love that, too. Uh, for me. What helps me like find my way back to is like find my way back to like what my like goals and like what I love, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, for me, reading things that I wrote like in the past, like literally reading my writing as a reminder of, oh my God, I like can do this. Like just rereading that. Um, also, I like would write notes to myself. Um, I read those um, and look through my old like mood boards that I created because I used to be a beast with mood boards and like look at that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like wake this bitch back up, please. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that really gets me like to find my way back because that helped me um, like get back in the swing of things. And also um, another thing, like listening to um like what I realized now, listen to autobiographies, like listening mm-hmm. and finding out what other people who like, I That's like the, one. I, the people that like, like I'm looking up to what they did and like realizing that like, um, it wasn't like everybody's path is different. So that like makes me snap back. And another thing, since I am freshly 30, um, I have been looking at like, for instance, I realized in film, a lot of women who were like, writers or directors a lot of them are in their 30s or 40s 50s like i'll look back at like one of my favorite movies and i'll look at the screenwriter and they'll like they wrote that like that screenplay when they were like in their mid to late 30s and i'm like everything i'm like you need to get the fuck off the internet like it just snapped me back out and i'm just like i can do it like this like age is literally nothing but a number i can do it so just like doing the research like in the realm of what I want to work in reading my work and things like that that snaps it like back for me and makes it like real mm. no mm. I love that bonus uh, Beyonce I like watching like her documentaries like Life is But a yes. Dream and like for sure. all the behind the scenes and like all of her yeah. those actually really Homecoming. do help me yeah it's really inspiring and it's also common again it's just about creating that space and allowing myself to be able to process I don't know what it is about <laughs> that but that actually does help seeing she her loved. struggle exactly yeah. her struggle too like she's not understanding like okay cool cool so mm-hmm. when I struggle that is just part of it, not a a, a, a a red flag that I should stop. It's mm-hmm. just part of it. Because mm-hmm. even Beyonce is struggling. And she mm-hmm. loves what she do. Mm-hmm. Like, just seeing people do what she they love. She loves what she does, It sparks, man. like, something. Like, seeing people get excited. Mm-hmm. Seeing people get, like, obsessed with what they do and just, like, not just always wanting to talk about it and things like that. Like, that is so, like, that, mm. get, for me personally, that gives me a spark. Like, seeing somebody just be in, so in love with mm-hmm. a thing. Like, yeah. or with, yeah. like, you she, know. 
She's not trying Let's to get be some the life. She's not trying to be the next best. You know, she's trying to be Beyonce. That's it. Yeah. She competes and against she just herself. So and to like, be the best. Goes back to what we was talking about earlier. Like people be they be too concerned with the wrong things. Like compete against yourself. Does. That's it. Be concerned with you. Make you your number one. Be better topic. than who you like, were last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Also, and be happy. Like I guess saying and this is a thing for like artists, but being happy with who your target audience is. Like if your yeah. friends don't like something or whatever, so what? Like maybe that's not your target audience. Like mm-hmm. be ex- happy with who your target audience is. And because, thankful. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like it's disrespectful to not appreciate the people who are interested in your work or, or support you. It don't matter who they are. Like that be like hone in your audience. Like that is going to be the people that uplift you. Those are the people that inspire you. Like you need to, another thing is like doing something um, for somebody other than yourself. Like that makes me excited too. Like for me, me it's like for little like black kids who like grew up like punk goth or like in queer, like that's what I do it for. That makes me excited. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like wanting, like, obviously wanting to do it for yourself and finding that like audience, like outside of you, that's exciting as well. Cause you're like, I can make these people proud. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'll like quickly just share like how I find my way back manifestation. Like I really have, uh, I'm, I'm lucky that like I have this one friend and we have been manifesting together and it's like a spiritual thing. Uh, we do like manifestation workshops. It's something I'm open to doing with other friends, but like we have this really safe space where we can name what we want and what we're afraid of because we got this thought that we cannot, we can only go as far as our self-worth allows us to go and you cannot trick your self-worth you cannot say i think i deserve a million dollars if you really think you deserve 100 dollars. Mm-hmm. so having somebody where i can talk to about like what am i afraid of why don't i really think i deserve a million dollars what is it oh i don't think i'm pretty enough that's why oh because of where i'm from that's why and like something about seeing those things out loud makes them kind of vanish mm. those fears vanish mm. from me like having mm-hmm. that space to say that out loud and hear how silly it sounds mm-hmm. or hearing her say like um i don't think that i can you know find this secure relationship because and i'm just like no 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 you can and next thing you know we're like oh no we can have these things like you know having these safe spaces and relationships and it's something that if you can't do with somebody in your life you don't feel safe enough to share you can 100% do these things alone but you got to say them out loud what am i afraid of because you know you these things exist inside of you these fears and these scaries and a lot of times fears can be like you can kill them. <laughs> and like, sometimes you just, you got to kill the fear. You can't just let these fears lay dormant inside. You can't do that because they'll jump back up and out, like address mm-hmm. them, find a workaround, find a solution, mm-hmm. step over them. Like there's like name those fears, say those fears, find solutions, move forward, find your North star through manifestation and like brought in your sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. So like the manifestation sessions definitely helped me. And also I um love Pinterest. Like it's my form of a mood board. I have this uh board um uh, on Pinterest called The Woman I Will Be. Aww. And I actually created this board when um I wanted to move to New York for a job. And for some reason this job got me so excited that I just started creating a Pinterest board and it was like all the, it's like Tracy Ellis Ross looks and you know, women on vacation and eating food and plants. 
And I've noticed that that's something I started for this job that I actually don't even give a shit about and I didn't get. But like over time, I just started adding outfits of women that inspired me and even women in relationships because I'm like, I noticed that I wanted a relationship, but I only share photos of women alone. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. let me share what my what women in love, you know, being loved mm-hmm. on correctly. And then I was like, you know, I want a family. Let me share some women with babies doing it my way. And it's just like, again, expanding my mind and getting me excited and helping me hone in and visualize on my life. Like, what is my North Star? How do I want to look? How do I want to dress? How do I want to be? Like, you know, the woman I will be is so crazy because it's essentially like a train of thought for me. It's just like it flood. It's like a flood of my thoughts and visions for myself. And I can see how like in some ways things start to evolve because it goes from just vacation to, you know, romance and wellness and family and like, you know, natural hair and health. But essentially, they're all the different parts of me localized. Mm-hmm. So like I would definitely recommend um creating this. One of my other friends created like a woman I will be bored as well. And it's just it's just I love it. It's something I I hope that I can look back on this when I'm 60 years old and see like all the all the different ways I imagine myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um yeah y'all find let us know mm-hmm. how you find your way back. Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> Right Sean, thank Black you so Girl much. Brunch at <laughs> uh, No, not you knowing the tag. Yes. Please, 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 please. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, where can they find me? Mm. Yeah, where can they find you? Because <laughs> I don't Today? know. Uh, <laughs> Nah, but my Instagram, it's it's still up. It's my damn Insta. That's my DMN Insta. Um, I might pop up one of these damn days. I don't know. I really just don't care about social media, man. Um, but, you know, I'm going to pop up. I'm going to pop up, pop out, you know, put on some cute, something new. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'm going to Twitter. I'm going to know. I would say, wait, I thought you were on Twitter, but that explains I, why child, I couldn't add you I to my that. circle. Recently. Okay. <laughs> She had I was to go. like, maybe I just missed them. Like, I don't get it. Okay. Mm, she had to go. <laughs> make sure you hit up our um make sure you hit up Sean, y'all. You're not gonna be disappointed. Sean, thank you so much. This has been like an amazing, amazing, amazing show. We're gonna do it again. I ain't yes, concerned. We're gonna do fun. it again. Yes. Yes. Let us know what y'all want us to talk about next time. Make sure you hit us up on the socials at Black Girl Brunch. Um, on Instagram, BLK Girl Brunch on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at Imam Matei. Follow me on Twitter at It's Matei and Sabria. And you can follow me at frankenfem underscore on Twitter and it's frankenfem on Instagram. You've been getting that right a lot lately. I just want to point that out. Thank you. You, You've been been on it. You know what that is? Growth. (laughs) You you really are a listener because real listeners know I always mess that part up. (laughs) Oh my God. I love you guys. I love you too, Sean. We love you so much. And we love you too, listeners. All right. That's it. That's the show. Bye. Peace.